Are you ready for more of the Lord's teaching? Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now, and I know a lot of us have already talked to you about this, but I just want to say together, all of us here, that we welcome you. We want you here. We want your spirit here. We want to see as you see and understand as you would have us understand. We desire your truth to be the, the mark in our life, to be established in our life in greater measure. And so I just ask you to open our eyes and our ears to see, to hear, that you would reveal truth to us tonight, that you be our teacher tonight. And we look to you for that and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and amen. amen. Well, you can open your Bible with me to Luke chapter 5. We have been for some months in a series. We took a small break from it, and now we're back into it again on healing is the will of God. And we know that we live in a time that healing is still needed and required. Healing is still necessary for our bodies. We haven't reached a place that our bodies don't continue to break down and get older and age and need repair. And if you live long enough, you will need a healing in your body. And so this is important. These sermons are teachings are important for all of us, not just those who are sick, but for all of us. You know, the time to get into faith and grounded in a truth is not in the moment of crisis, but it's before that crisis comes. In the moment of crisis, so many times, if you haven't prepared, if you haven't thought the crisis out in advance and know what you're going to do when that crisis happens, you'll find yourself in perilous and not know what to do. Or you'll guess at what you should do, right? And so if instead of that, if we prepare in advance... And by prepare, I mean know what the Lord's heart is on these matters. Understand what His will is in these matters. If we'll do that, then when a crisis comes, we know instantly where we're going with this. We've already been here. That when the wolf comes to the door, we know who our protector is. Right? When, when tragedy strikes, we know who we cry out to. So in Luke chapter 5, verse 12, then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity, and I am reading in Luke chapter 4. So Luke chapter 5, verse 12. While he was in one of the towns, a man was there who had a serious skin disease all over him. He saw Jesus, fell face down, and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now is this man praying for healing if it's God's will. Yeah, I mean, prayer means to ask. That's what pray is, to ask. He is asking, he is praying for healing if it's God's will. Now, aren't a lot of people there still today? They're still dealing with that question, well, is it God's will? I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. So that's what we've been doing in this series is we've been answering those that question, is it God's will to heal? And so far we've covered 20 reasons of why we believe, 20 scriptural reasons, 20 Bible reasons why we believe that it is God's will to heal, and we're not anywhere close to done yet. That doesn't mean we won't quit, but on the way here I was asking in the car, I said, you know, 
Um, so tonight we're going to have reason number 21 and 22. Does anyone want to guess what their reasons are going to be? And Adrian says, well, if you studied enough, there'd probably be a thousand reasons. And he's exactly right. You know, there is, we have so many reasons that we could continually draw out. And so we're not going to go to a thousand, probably not 500, probably not too many more sermons, really. But we're going to go a few more yet, I believe. And so tonight we're going to look at reasons number 21 and 22. And we're going to continue to answer this question, is it the Lord's will to heal? If you can heal me. You know, is that a scriptural prayer to say, if it be your will? A lot of people pray that way. If it's your will. Not just about healing, but about other things. Lord, I'd really like to get that job if it's your will. Well, you cannot be in faith for something if you don't know if it's God's will or not. The question remains about, well, does he want this or does he not? I would like it, but should I believe for it? So Ephesians 5.17 says, don't be foolish, but know what the will of God is. So we are required to know what God's will is, whether it be healing, whether it be the job that you're considering taking or leaving, or, or whatever it is, the, the person that you're going to, to date or possibly marry, whatever those things are, we need to know, God, what do you want in this? Show me what you want. And then when he shows you, yeah, I want you to take this step, pray in line with that. All right? Find scripture that apply to your situation and pray that the Lord's will come to pass regarding this, knowing what his will is. Some people say, well, yeah, but Jesus prayed that way. Jesus said, you know, if it be thy will. And uh, no, he didn't. He prayed a little differently. In fact, if you'll go read in several of the gospel accounts in the Garden of Gethsemane, he goes out there and he begins to pray and he says, Lord, if there be any other way, let this cup be removed from me. He's asking for it. And did Jesus know what God's will was? Yeah, he absolutely knew what the will of God was. And he's asking to be released from it. Then he says, never mind, nevertheless... Not my will, not what I want. Let's do what you wanted. Let's go on with it. So he never did just end his prayer with whatever your will is, Lord, whatever you want. And so we have to become more uh, diligent in discerning and knowing the will of God so that we can hit his perfect will and not just his permissible will. Alright, so know what the Lord wants you to do. I'm not going to go through the 20 reasons. If you would like to know what those reasons are, you can find all the sermons on our website. They're all free of charge, and you can, you can listen to those sermons and catch up to where we are. We answered several questions through this process. Questions like, what about Job? That's a question that usually comes up. Or what about Paul's thorn? And so we looked at these things, and we found real solid, concrete Bible answers for what those things were and what was going on. And a lot of times it's not what people have been taught. There's been a lot of, of misteaching on these things. And then last week we looked at, we asked the question, what about doctors and medicine and faith? How do these all work together? Can I go to a doctor and be in faith? Or can I take the medicine in faith? Or if I'm in faith, does that mean I won't go to a doctor or won't take the medicine? And so we looked at that and, and obviously the, the answer is be led. 
be led by the Spirit of God in what you should do for this particular situation. Know what His will is. No, it's not the Lord's will for you to have the sickness, but Lord, in what way should I fight this sickness? Should I go to a doctor? Should I not go to the doctor? Should I take the medication and find out what the Lord, how He wants you to attack it? And whatever you do, do it in faith, in confidence. You know, confidence in the wrong thing brings disaster. You know, we read last week in Jeremiah where the Lord said, if you put confidence in man's strength, in, in the arm of the flesh, that that person becomes cursed. And obviously none of us want to be cursed. So let's keep our, our, our faith in that the Lord is the healer. Whether He works through medicine, whether, whether He works through the doctor's hands, whether He works through whatever the means is, the natural means, you understand, those things um, are not the healer. But the Lord is the healer. And so even in Scripture, we, we looked at many, many references of how medicine was referred to as a good thing. Yet we're not going to put our confidence in the medicine. We're going to put our confidence in the Lord. I was reminded of Thomas Aquinas. He was uh, surnamed the, the angelical doctor. And he was highly esteemed by Pope Innocent IV. And one day, Pope Innocent IV is in his chamber with some other guys and he's counting all this money up and the doctor walks in and, and sees this. And so the Pope says to him, he says, uh, you see that the church is no longer in an age in which she can say silver and gold, have I none? And the doctor, he didn't miss a beat. He just said, it is true, Holy Father, nor can she now say to the lame man, rise and walk. See, when we put our confidence in our means, in our abilities, in our doctors, in our money, we lose the power of God in our life. It doesn't mean that you won't use the money or the doctor or the medicine, but we have to keep ourselves fully connected into the power of God and realize there's where our deliverance is. So everything you do, do it in faith with Him as your healer. So the Lord answered this man in Luke 5 and verse 13. He reached out his hand. He touched him saying, I am willing. Be made clean. And immediately the disease left him. Now let's go over to Acts chapter 1. Who's ready for reason number 21? Reason number 21, we are certain that healing is God's will for everyone is because of the continuing ministry of Jesus. The continuing ministry of Jesus. We could say it a different way. Healing in the Acts of the early church. The book of Acts is a historical account of how the early church began. We are still part of the same church that they were a part of back then. It's not a new, revised updated version, is still the same church that was started back here in the Acts of the church. The Acts of the body of Christ in the earth. This whole book of Acts was written, um, it covers 30 to 50 years depending on who you ask. And it has 28 chapters to it. And it's almost a chapter per year. That's not quite how it lays out, but almost. And... We today are like in chapter, I don't know, 2000. 
We're still, the acts of the church are still being written. Maybe not in a book you're going to read, but it's still being written in books. There's books being kept. And so we are still a part of that. It's the same God. It's the same Jesus. It's the same Holy Spirit. He hasn't somehow changed or, or, or He's different than He was back then. And interestingly, if you turn to Acts chapter 1, interestingly, this was written by Dr. Luke. By someone who still went by the title. We looked at that last week. He still went by his title of doctor. The beloved physician, Paul called him. And so, he's the one who wrote, wrote this. So let's read in verse 1. He says, I wrote the first narrative... Theopolis. Now, what was the first narrative? The first narrative was the Gospel of Luke, according to Luke. And um, Luke had written that, and now he's also writing the book of Acts. He said, I wrote the first narrative, Theopolis, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. All that Jesus began to do and teach. Do you see that word began? He didn't say all that Jesus completed and finished. All that Jesus began to both do and teach. Two things. He began those things. Those things are still in continuation today. What He did and what He taught. Everything that Jesus did and taught is still supposed to be happening today. In, in the church. Out on the street. In the marketplace. And this... The whole book of Acts is just, I said it before, and I'm going to say it probably a few more times. It's a continuation of what Jesus started. The work He started. The ministry He started. So let's look at, so we see that He began something. Let's look over in, in chapter 10, at verse 38. A well-known verse to many of you. Peter is describing how that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And how He went about doing good and curing all who were under the tyranny of the devil because God was with Him. So the result of the Holy Spirit and power upon His life, there was two things that came out of that. He did good. He went about doing good. Not doing bad. Making people sick. Trying to teach them a lesson doing bad. But there's no accounts of that in the New Testament. There's no accounts of that in, in anywhere where Jesus was like, well, you just have to put up with that leprosy for a while. Or that lame leg. Or, or whatever it is. Until you learn to rely fully in patience upon the mercies of God to help you just put up with this horrible situation. But no, there was victory, right? He, there was deliverance. There was the answer. And so here, what did He do? He went about doing good and curing some of those who came to Him for healing. All. Curing all. Let's say it together. Doing good, doing good. and curing all. Doing good, doing good and curing all. Healing all. This was a continuation now of what Jesus' ministry was. Let's go back to chapter 3. And we're looking at reason number 21. The healing in the book of Acts and the continuing ministry of Jesus in the early church. So Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. 
Now Peter and John were going up together to the temple complex at the hour of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now this is after Jesus has, has ascended into heaven. He's no longer with them in physical fleshly form. He is at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And so they are now going about just like you and I do, by faith, with the Spirit of Christ on the inside, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is how they're going about now. It's not like Jesus is walking with them, is the point I'm trying to make. So, verse 2, And a man who was lame from his mother's womb was carried there and placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful. So he could beg from those entering the temple complex. Now the temple had four gates on it. One from each direction. East, west, north, south. And there were certain rules about the temple. And you weren't allowed to just come in one gate and go out the same gate. You were supposed to come in one gate and go out the other gate. If you came in the north gate, you went out the south gate. Or east gate, west gate. Or vice versa. And the point, the significance, everything is type and shadow in the Old Testament, you realize. And the point was, is go out different than you came in to the presence of the Lord. Go out changed. Go out different than you came in. So, there was, there was these rules in place. Also, no women were allowed in this part. No, no lame people were allowed in this part. No diseased people were allowed in this part. Anyone who was maimed in any way wasn't allowed in this part. No Gentiles that had converted to Judaism were allowed in this part. This was, there was a lot of rules concerning this, so they had this lame guy right as close as he could get to the temple. Without breaking the laws, he's outside the gate. And so here is where Peter and John find him in verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple complex, he asked for help. Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, look at us. So he turned to them expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Get up and walk. Then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up, stood, and started to walk, and entered the temple complex with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. This is an amazing day for him. Not only does he get to walk, he gets to go into the presence of the Lord. He gets to go in and experience, he's experienced the goodness of God now in his body, but he's going to experience it even further as he goes in, right? He's going to go worship. Now, I said this before, they were in the same dispensation as you and I. They were doing this in the same way that you and I would have to do it, by faith. Operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. Contrary to what some people believe, Jesus didn't stop healing people when He ascended to heaven. Others have said, well, the healing didn't completely stop when Jesus ascended to heaven because... He gave the apostles power to heal. And, you know, only they could do these things and it stopped when they died. So when the last apostle died, the healings were over. It was done. It was finished. And now we just all have to get along the best we can. No. That's, that's right. No. But yet people believe that and think that, right? But we can look at Scripture that Because isn't that what we're going to always come back to is the Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. What does the Word say about that? 
Well, let's look if it was because they had something special going on with them. Let's just keep reading in verse 9. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple complex. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. While the lame man who was healed was holding on to Peter and John, all the people, greatly amazed, ran toward them in what is called Solomon's colonnade. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or godliness we have made him to walk? This completely ruins the argument that the apostles had some special sort of power to, you know, get the church off the ground and going. Right? And he's saying it's not anything, it's not us. Why are you looking at us? It's not us. Let's read verse 12 again. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified His Son, Jesus, whom you handed over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided decided to release him, but you denied the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer given to you. And you killed the source of life whom God raised from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in His name, His name made this man strong whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Him has given Him this perfect health in front of all of you. So how was it? It was by faith in the name. By faith in the name. Is faith in the name of Jesus still a thing today? Yes. yes. Has it lost its power? No. Maybe, maybe now it's just wishful thinking. Is that the case? No. All, not, nobody would be able to be saved if it wasn't that his, his name still carried the same power it carried from day one. And when you believe on His name and you confess His name and declare Him to be Lord of your life, you will be saved. And Scripture says you will not be put to shame. And that still stands. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And these things that we're reading right here in Acts 3 are a continuation of the work Jesus started. A continuation of it. Let's go over to Acts chapter 5 and verse 14. Believers were added to the Lord in increasing numbers, crowds of both men and women. As a result, they would carry the sick out into the streets and lay them on beds and pallets so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. In addition, a multitude came together from the towns surrounding Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all healed. They were all healed. What's going on here? A continuation. Doesn't this sound a whole lot like the ministry of Jesus? I mean, didn't things like this happen? They'd bring all the sick people. In Mark chapter 6, I think it talks about a very similar account where all the sick people are brought to Jesus and they're all healed. They'd bring them from all the surrounding towns and communities. A continuation. A continuation in this dispensation that we're in. Acts chapter 8. 
Let's look at verse 4. So persecution has broken out. Stephen has just become a martyr. And verse 4, So those who were scattered went on their way, proclaiming the word. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and preached the Messiah to them. The crowds paid attention with one mind to what Philip said as they heard and saw the signs he was performing. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So unclean spirits came out of many and many lame people and paralyzed people were healed. Those are amazing miracles, aren't they? To see someone that's unable to walk, now able to walk. Someone that couldn't run, now run. Lame, paralyzed people. This is amazing. Verse 8, there's no wonder that verse 8 says, so there was great joy in that city. Great joy in that city. Now, understand, Philip here, this is not the Apostle Philip from back in the Gospels. This is a different guy. And Philip is out of chapter 6. He was one of those that were ordained a deacon along with Stephen. So there was a handful of guys that were ordained as deacons, as table waiters. Because that's what they were supposed to do, is feed all the hungry and the widows that they had in Jerusalem. And so they got these seven guys together and said, you're going to, to be deacons, be table waiters, that's what that means, and feed these people. So it's not like he is Philip the Great. Philip the Apostle, you know, because the apostles were the ones with all the great power. No, he's ordinary guy that the Lord is working and he went down and he preached. Later, he's called Philip the Evangelist. And so he goes down, he feeds them, and miracles break out. Lame people are healed. Possessed people become unpossessed with those devils. Verse 13, Then even Simon himself believed, and after he was baptized, he went around constantly with Philip and was astounded as he observed the signs and great miracles that were being performed. So signs and great miracles were taking place. So reason number 21, I believe it was, why we are certain that healing is God's will for everyone is because of the continuing ministry of Jesus. That ministry that He started is still ongoing, is still in play, is still in motion. When we're called His ambassadors for a reason. Mark, Mark 16 tells us that we as believers are going to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That was one of the reasons that we had that we've already covered is the laying on of hands. We looked at faith and how that normal everyday faith that is available through listening to the Word of God is available for you and I to be healed. So let's look at another reason, reason number 22, that's closely linked to, the, to this one. And so we'll keep referencing both of them as we go forward. And we are certain that healing is God's will because of the gifts of healings. Gifts of healings. Special gifts given to heal. Let's go look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Put it up in the New King James if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, New King James Translation, and we'll begin in about verse 4. 
Now, these gifts of the Spirit, Paul is writing a letter to the Corinthian church and he's giving them an explanation of things that they can expect to see, things they've already been seeing, but he is giving them some structure to it. Here's how it works, here's why it works, here's the purpose of it. And he explains to them that the purpose is to benefit everybody. It's not for your own profit, but to profit everybody. The purpose of it is to glorify the Lord. And these gifts are all worked as the Lord wills. Not something that uh, any individual just pulls off on his own and says, oh, I want to do this, so I do it. But it's as the Lord wills. So let's look in, in verse, um, verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all, all of these things, in all. So, when it says it works them in all, that includes everyone. There, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Everyone say each one. The manifestation or the showing of or the showing forth of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, for the benefit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Okay, so it's not as man wills. It's as is pleasing to the Father. Let's go back and put verse 9 on the screen. Notice that it says gifts of healings. It's plural. Not just one gift of healing, but gifts of healings. And, you know, when we read that account about uh, in Samaria where Philip was down there, it didn't say everyone who was sick got cured. It said they who were lame and paralyzed. Many who were lame and paralyzed were cured. And those people that were possessed with devils were delivered. So I don't know, does that mean there was people there with leprosy or cancer that weren't healed? Maybe, I don't know, right? But it is strange that it specifically mentions these two things are the things that a lot of people were healed in. And so gifts of healings, um, you know, in, in our time, one of the things that we've seen is some people have great results with, you know, if you believe in God to have a little one and you're unable to have a little one, um, some people just like, they pray for you and you have a little one. Right? I mean, I, I know people that are, are like this, that the Lord uses them this way. And then there's other people that they're not used that way. Instead, they're used with something else of, of healing. And that when they pray for people, man, those kind of healing, like for example, asthma. You know, people with asthma. When I pray for people with asthma, they just get healed. When I pray for people with headaches, they don't get healed. But people with asthma, they get healed. You know, gifts of healings, as the Lord wills. So it's, it's plural, it's multiple gifts, it's not just one gift of healing. Oh, I have the gift of healing. No, it's not like that, right? That'll, that'll help you, keep you from becoming proud, right? 
But these other gifts that are mentioned, they're all working the same way, as the Spirit wills. All right, we've done a whole home group study. There's sermons online that we have that if you want to know about the gifts of the Spirit, there's many sermons there on our website for you to go listen to. What I want to look at tonight is in particular this gifts of healing. We believe, reason number 22, that we believe that healing is the will of God is because of these gifts of healing that He gave. If it's not His will to heal, then why would He make this one of the things He's to be known for? And and I'll say it again, these gifts are not at a person's will. They are at God's will. So we're talking about the will of God here. What is amazing is everybody can appropriate by faith what Jesus did in redemption for your healing. Everyone has free access, the same access, to receive divine healing from the Lord through what Jesus did at the cross. By His stripes, we were healed, right? He bore our pain, He bore our sicknesses, and by His wounds, we were healed. So we can all appropriate that and take a hold of it by faith and make it ours. What, what we're not able to, what is according to His will, I'll say it that way, is these gifts that He works. We can all be healed by faith, yet sometimes He does something special and an instantaneous healing happens. Bam! Sometimes it's by the individual's faith. Sometimes it's a gift of faith. I mean, a gift. Well, sometimes it is a gift of faith in operation. Sometimes it's working of miracles. Sometimes it is the gifts of healings in manifestation. Let's go to Acts 19. And let's look at an example of this. Of something special. Acts 19, verse 11. God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands. Who was performing them? God was performing not just ordinary miracles. We're saying extraordinary miracles. Some translations say special miracles. They're special miracles. They're not your normal one. They're, they're, they're different than normal. They're like more difficult than normal. I don't know, right? But they're extraordinary. In fact, God was performing these things. But isn't it interesting that He chose a person to do it through? He chose a person to do it through, to release it through. And it specifically says Paul's hands. Not Paul's spoken word, not Paul's prayers, Paul's hands. But Jesus had said that we'll lay hands on the sick. See, the Lord wants to touch you. And this is one of the ways He touches you is when other believers touch you. Special or extraordinary miracles. And did you know, well, let's read the next verse. What were these extraordinary special miracles? So that even face cloths or work aprons that had touched His skin were brought to the sick and the diseases left them. And the evil spirits came out of them. Did you know that the anointing and power of God can reside in a material object? That a material object can be, behave like a battery that would receive a charge and then release it when it touches something else? Remember the story of Elisha's bones? He's down in the pit. He's like, I mean, this is a long time after he's dead. It's just bones. 
They threw another dead guy in the hole because robbers were coming and the guy resurrected. There was an anointing in those bones still. Now don't go doing crazy things like laying on graves and trying to pick up spirits. That's like evil, evil stuff. Don't do it. You want the anointing of the Lord, not the anointing of a person. The anointing of Jesus. But here were some extraordinary miracles that were happening. These weren't ordinary. It's not, you know, not every piece of cloth carries anointing. But these were. Because something special was at work. Something special was, was afoot. Remember Peter's shadow? That's extraordinary, isn't it? Like gifts of healings just happening. Signs and wonders. Acts chapter 28. Special miracles. 28 and verse 7. Now, what had just happened here was they're taking Paul to Rome for his trial and they've been shipwrecked and now they're on this island. Everyone survives, but they lost everything. They're on this island and in, in verse, the snake had bit him. Remember that? A snake bit Paul and all the locals thought, boy, this guy's some evil character because he survived the shipwreck, but now, see... It's going to be leveled out. He's going to die. The snake bit him, even though he survived that horrible thing. Well, then he didn't swell up and die, so they're like, oh, he must be a god. You know, and so, so they're shocked at all of this. Well, in verse 7 now, it says, Now in the area around that place was an estate belonging to the leading man of the island named Publius, who welcomed us and entertained us hospitably for three days. So, wealthiest guy in the island, biggest state, he's entertaining them. He's putting them up at his dollar, at his expense. He is being hospitable to them. Did you know that if you'll be hospitable to the Lord, He will reward you for it? Watch what's going to happen here. It happened that Publius' father was in bed suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went to him and praying... And laying his hands on him, he healed him. Now notice what happens. He goes in and it says praying. He's in there talking to the Lord about this. And he he didn't just rush in and lay hands on him or rush in and command it. What was his approach? He just came in and he's praying. And he is praying and he is communing with the Lord and getting the Lord's heartbeat on this. And he laid hands on him and healed him. It doesn't say that God healed him even. It says Paul healed him. Notice that. Now obviously Paul is not the healer. That it can only be God. But look at how it's worded. Because it is a gift of healing. Gifts of healings. It's one of those in operation through Paul's hands. Do you think Paul knew that he had that when he arrived there? Probably not. It was in that moment of prayer that suddenly the Spirit of God comes on him and he knows exactly what to do. Let's lay hands on him. Be healed. Rise up. And this guy, I mean, it wasn't this guy's faith, right? I mean, for all we know, he was unconscious. He's in a fever. He's not even a believer. Look at the next verse. After this, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. It doesn't say Paul healed them. It uses different terminology. Do you see that? There is a regular faith at the preaching of the Gospel that a understanding of the Word that can come to you and you can receive your healing from. Let's go back. Let's look at it again. We were there before Acts 3. And let's, let's go back now and read that with a little different I now, looking at the gifts of healings. 
In Acts 3, this was at the Gate Beautiful where the lame man was healed. Peter and John walk up and he asks for money. He's not asking for healing. He's not asking for prayer. He's asking for money. That's why he's there. He's there to beg. And Peter says, we don't have money for you today, but what we have, we're going to give to you. Who has it? Peter has it. What is it? Apparently gifts of healing. It's just getting ready to happen right here. Peter, you know, I suppose Peter walked by this guy quite often. And he had never been healed. It's very likely that Jesus walked past this guy because he'd been there since birth, it says. That they would bring him and put him there. And this is just shortly after Jesus ascended. And we know that Jesus went to the temple often. So Jesus likely walked by this guy as well. And Jesus didn't. And Peter never healed him before. See, it's not as Peter wills. It's as God wills. But this time, Peter, being sensitive to the Lord, suddenly knows, oh, rise up and walk, and grabs him, and helps him, and he, boom, the miracle comes, and the man is healed. It wasn't the lame man's faith that brought the healing. It was a gift of healing. A gift. A gift. A freebie. Something special. Yesterday I had a friend of ours at our house, um, a friend of mine named Israel. And he went through uh, children's rescue initiatives, uh, teams training that they have, and he's gone through some of their medical training. And, and this guy, he goes to trainings all over, all over the place, all the time. I, I, if I remember correctly, his resume, he had more hours of training than the rest of the entire class put together. And so he trains, 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 and he was in executive protection. He'd spent uh, several years in the army, and he'd spent time in Iraq, and developed, what do you call that when you have the ringing in your ears? Tinnitus. And so he has tinnitus in his, in his hearing, and he just has this constant ringing in his ears. It's always there. He's been living with it for 14 years, right? And uh, two month ago, month and a half ago, something like that, uh, two months ago, he had an encounter with a demon, and at this point, he was not, he didn't, yeah, okay, there's probably a power or something out there, but I don't know what and who, and he definitely, he was raised Catholic, so he'd written the church off, and, um, and so during the night, he has this demonic encounter, and so the next morning, um, some of his CRI friends that he was with are helping him to understand that this is demonic, this is you know, in explaining what's what. And so a few weeks later, he's off at another training. And at this particular training, obviously they were believers and they had themselves a time of devotion before their training session every day. And so the one day um, he's sitting there and the guy gets up and he goes, I just, I feel like the Lord's going to, wants to heal someone's ears today. And Israel says to me, I thought, yeah, right. One of these guys. You know, he's thinking of the instructor. He's one of those. And uh, so sure enough, a couple guys, they come up and stood there. And, and the guy prayed for them. And, and um, you know, is your hearing any, any better? And you, uh, Yeah, yeah, that, it's better. The next one, yeah, I'm not sure. And, no, it's not, Israel goes. <laughs> he says, no, they're not sure. So no, it's not. See, they're just making stuff up. This is what he's sitting there thinking. He is in no faith at all for healing. He is thinking this isn't real. They're just hocus-pocusing it and just up there lying that it's better. 
And he's sitting there and the guy goes, uh, yeah, he didn't feel that he's done yet. And so he prays a little bit further. He said, all of a sudden he acted like someone hit him, this, this guy up front, and goes, there it is, there it is, there, the healing is there. And um, they go on with the service and he says, you know, all of a sudden I was like, the ringing in my ears is gone. Oh, it's going to come back. That's just something dumb. You know, it's just something whatever. It's going to be back. And, and that whole day, the ringing is just gone. And so the next morning, it like, took him three days until he would acknowledge that, okay, that's real. And that got him to, he gave his life to the Lord. And now he's just going around in the last month and a half and sharing his testimony and encouraging people and, and just radically transformed. Amazing. What was that? It wasn't his faith that brought that healing to him. We know that we can be healed. We've had sermons on that. We know that we can have miracle healing power work in our body because we believe. With faith, all things is possible is what Jesus said. But he didn't have faith. He's like, not possible. Whatever. And the Lord still healed him. Gifts of healings in operation. It's a a freebie, I said. A gift. Let's look at chapter 14. Chapter 14 and verse 3. So they stayed there for some time and spoke boldly in reliance on the Lord, who testified to the word of His grace by granting that signs and wonders be performed through them. Some, some people think signs and wonders are when you travel to a foreign country and you can't understand what they're saying, so you make all these signs and everyone wonders, <laughs> what are you saying? But that's not what signs and wonders are, right? Signs and wonders are when a sign happens and you wonder, how did that happen? Right? A a spectacular sign. One that is easily seen. A miracle, we call it. So what's happening here? The Lord is testifying to the truth of His Word. He testifies to the Word of His grace by granting, that's, that's gifting, Signs and wonders be performed through them. Remember Philip back in Samaria? It said that if you, if you, well, if you read it, it's in Acts 6 if you want to go look at it, and I'll just read it to you. They were all amazed when they heard and saw the signs He was performing. Not as He willed, but as the Holy Spirit directed Him and as the Holy Spirit willed, as the Father willed. In verse 8 and 10 here in chapter 14, look at this. In Lystria, a man without strength in his feet, lame from birth, and who had never walked, sat and heard Paul speaking. Paul is there, he's he's speaking the word, he's preaching, he's teaching. After observing him closely and seeing that he, the lame man, had faith to be healed, Paul said in a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. He jumped up and started to walk around. Now this was different than Publius' father, where it says Paul healed him. This was different. This guy had the faith to be healed. This guy heard the Word and you and I can be healed the same way. Did a miracle still happen? Yes. But he believed that it could happen. He believed he's lame. He doesn't even know what walking feels like. It says he has never walked. So how is it even possible for him to have the concept in his brain that this is what it would be like? Instead, it was at the Word that he heard. And he realized It can be real for me. And his faith then brought that miracle of healing to him, not Paul's faith. In fact, I'm going to go back to chapter 3. 
where we've been twice before now. Chapter 3, verse 16. On the faith of His name. This is what Peter is saying. Here's how that lame guy was healed. By faith in His name. His name has made this man strong whom you see and know. So now he has declared how it happened by faith in His name. Why does he repeat himself immediately in the next line we're going to read? So the faith that comes through Him, it comes through Him. This miracle working faith came through Him as a gift of healing for that lame man and it gave Him that perfect health in front of you all. It's just like the account we read about the other lame guy that was healed that heard Paul speaking. Same end result, but different method of arriving there. Do you see that? Same end result, both healed, but one was through a gift of healing, the other was through faith at the Word about healing. Now let's go to Acts chapter 4 and we're going to close there. Worship team, you can come up. Acts chapter 4, and let's go all the way to verse 29. Now the disciples have come together and they're praying. They've, they've been faced with some pressure. They've been faced with some threats and some dire situation. And so this is what they say in verse 29. They pray, and now Lord, consider their threats And grant that your slaves may speak your word with complete boldness. While you stretch out your hand for healing, signs and wonders to be performed through the name of your holy Son, Jesus. Now, the Lord was so happy with that prayer and with the faith they released that it could be possible for them. You know, you and I, we can ask for that too. For the Lord to stretch out His hand, for the Lord to perform signs and wonders at the teaching of His Word, for the Lord to heal people in miraculous ways. They ask for this, and I believe they ask for it in faith. Convinced they would get it, because watch what happens next. What do we know pleases God? Faith. Faith pleases God. So God got so pleased and excited, He shook the building. Look at what happens next. They pray this in verse 31. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak God's Word with boldness. That Their request and their faith excited the Lord so much that He, boom, enters the building. The building's shaking. They're full of Him. They're prophesying. They're teaching. They're speaking boldly. This is a continuation of the work Jesus started. He is excited to continue the work through you and I that He started. He wants to accomplish what He started through His ambassadors, His people, His body, His church in the earth. So, let's believe for some miracles tonight. Let's believe for some signs and wonders and miraculous healings to happen tonight. Right now. Tonight in this room. Not later, not while we're sleeping, but tonight, Lord. Right here, right now, we're going to, we're going to worship, and then partway through worship, we're going to stop, and we're going to believe God together for miracles, for signs and wonders to happen for your neighbor, for you, for every one of us in the room. If you need a miracle, if you need healing in your body, then be bold about it. Ask the Lord for it. Ask big. Ask big. 
You know, they asked big and the building shook. So reason 21 that we believe healing is the will of God for everyone is because of the continuing ministry of Jesus. And reason 22, we are certain that healing is God's will for you, for me, for everyone, is because of the gifts of healings that He made available through His body to people on this planet. Let's worship Him. So, how many of you here tonight need a miracle, a healing from the Lord? Put your hand up real high if you need one. I want you to keep it up. Stretch it up there so that everyone around you can see that your hand is up. Because we're going to believe for you. Get ready. to. You can put your hands down. Just now that you've identified the people around you that you're going to believe God on their behalf. Get ready to release your faith for them, for yourself. You know, expect, as we pray this, absolutely expect that God would do this for you, just like He did for them when they asked Him. They asked, they said, Lord, stretch out your hand to heal, perform signs and wonders. And the Lord was like, yes. His answer was yes. And and you see that through the rest of the book of Acts. So we're going to expect, let's say this together, I expect expect with every fiber of my being being, that the Spirit of the Lord Lord is active and working working here tonight, tonight, in this room, room, right now, now. that a miracle is an easy thing thing for the Lord, Lord. that a miracle is very possible possible for for me, for you. Let's say this out. Let's pray this. Father God, I have faith in you. I have faith in the name of Jesus. I lift up my voice. And I ask you to stretch forth your hand to heal, to grant signs and wonders and miracles. That miracles and these things will be done tonight in the name of Jesus for your glory, Lord.
Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I ask you to work miracles right now in the people around me. Heal them. Be healed. Be whole. Be full of life in every way. Miracles manifest for us right now in Jesus' name. Now let's thank Him and worship Him for it. continue to minister to the Lord. Let's wait upon Him. He's not finished yet. He's not done tonight. I don't know what's coming, but it's good. So let's just minister to Him. Let's wait, wait on Him. Allow Him to move in you if the Lord gives you something. If the Lord wants to speak to the people through you, be bold, come up, and we'll give, give you a mic. that I have been experiencing since before I came in here tonight that it's, it doesn't feel like a good heaviness and I feel like the Lord wanted me to come up here and say that there's people in here that walk in this kind of heaviness that they're burdened down and they don't feel like they can get free and I am here to proclaim truth to you that that's a lie yeah, and yeah. your freedom is tonight yes so if that's you be bold don't listen to what that lie is speaking to you right in this moment right now that that's not me oh that can't be me don't listen to that lie come up here right now and be free
If, if you're here tonight and you've been experiencing uh, nightmares, I, come up here. We're going to pray over you, and that stops tonight. No more, no more nightmares for you. If that's you, come up here, and you're going to be delivered. open heaven is over you and open heaven belongs to you ears to hear are yours eyes to see are yours I declare peace over you in Jesus name I give you peace in, when you're awake and when you're asleep peace in Jesus name Father, I call for a releasing of your plan, a releasing, an unfolding, <laughs> that's it, unfolding, Lord, of your plan that awakens within Shawnee, an unfolding that grows by day by day, faith to faith, glory to glory, reveal, reveal your plan, I thank you for it, I thank you for it, in Jesus' name. darkness it's things are not clear to them come on up God says come on up come on up God wants to set you free God wants to bring you liberty tonight liberty tonight liberty set you free God you are the love for you come on up come on up to receive to receive his love father in Jesus name 
Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit, just release your love. I'd ask you just to release the love. Release your love in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Spirit of deception in Jesus' name, you go. Release her in Jesus' name. You stop speak, spirit of lying, you stop lying to her in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we evict you in Jesus' name. You've been evicted in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. You are the love. God, you are the love. To cast down all the fear, cast down all the fear, your perfect so strongly there is somebody else there's there's not just one there's many other people that have been walking in darkness that word just didn't, didn't just go forth earlier by my brother by our brother for for nothing there's many people that are walking in dealing with darkness in their life and it might not even be a big area but there's some there's something just not clear and god wants to set you free tonight come on up be bold tonight is your you've been desiring oh, oh, oh. Father in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name restoration in Jesus name rest father I call forth restoration in Jesus name in this area in Jesus name I thank you, Father God, Father, for wisdom and revelation, Father, of who you are and who you are for him and who you are for him for others in Jesus' name. God says, you have the keys, my son, that no one else can have. You have the keys to some who need your love. God says, it's time to rise above. It's time to rise above and take the step of faith. It's time to take the step of faith and rise above. Rise There's a decision that God, that God has for you um, that he's even calling. You already know what that is right now in your heart. And it's time to step out. There's so many people waiting. There's so many people waiting. There's so many people waiting. Jesus. So many people. Jesus. I had this come up when you came up, Zach. Um, the word surrender. 
and there's something you need to release there's victory on the other side of that surrender and pray over that you know what you know what that means he'll reveal what this what you're to release but there surrender surrender it Jesus he's got it for you he's got it for you yeah yeah he says son when you take the first step you're not taking it on your own you're taking it with me and guess what just as you won't let your children fall in your presence I won't let you fall cause he is the love the love that breaks the love that takes our hearts and carries them away to places we never thought we'd be he is the love thank you father i take authority over this dark spirit that has plagued you and I drive you out in the name of Jesus Christ you have no place in her mind freedom peace be unto you God's peace I give to you and she's picture the pictures of you opening up a present and you have a face of joy God wants to deliver you into his joy 
it's this is your opportunity to take the word of God discover what his joy is for you in his word God is calling you to a place of joy in him he's calling you to a place of joy and he's calling you a place that you haven't stepped in and there's some reasons you know why you haven't stepped in but it doesn't even matter God says I'm looking beyond that and I see you with a heart of joy a heart of peace, a woman who walks out my ways, and you'll pick up people along the way who need the joy you'll have. It's starting today, for even your face will shine with joy, and people will say, who's this? Your face will shine with joy. God said, I'm putting a word in your heart. And you're going to have, you're going to have a, a place to proclaim victory from. God said, I'm putting a word in your heart. And you're going to, you're going to bring freedom to many young women. Many young women. In Jesus' name. Oksana, the favor of God is on you. You are one of those that was to minister to your heart tonight. Psalms 512, make it your verse. The favor of God surrounds you like a shield. Receive it. Look for it. Expect it. hear the word glory glory like God just wants to clothe you in his glory in his glory in his glory Jesus in his glory glory in his glory he wants to tell you he wants to tell you a different story has been a story. He wants to tell you a new one. It's going to lay it out for you. And things are going to look brighter, even as your eyes even now look brighter. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Spirit of truth, illuminate her way. Reveal to her, speak to her. What she needs to lay down, show her that. Give her peace to take the steps she needs to take. I thank you, Father, that you're with her every, every step of the way. I speak clarity to your mind. As you read the scriptures, they will come alive. Scriptures will jump off the page and speak right to your heart. The peace of God be upon you. Yeah, I hear very clearly that the Lord says,
that you're not your own anymore and I've given you my mind my heart you're not yours anymore you're mine God says that I have given you the mind of Christ it's no longer you who live but me who lives within you spend some time in that word let it stir up inside you because you're going to places that you never thought you could I just heard that the Lord's reminding me of a story today I just talked to somebody today on the other side of the country uh, that I was working with with business and the Lord he was sharing not a Christian not yet but he will be um, he was sharing how he lived his entire life, uh, his younger life, in, in this poor place. Didn't have electric. Sometimes he was bouncing from trailer place to trailer place, a house. Not wasn't in a house, but trailers. And he just had a terrible life, his younger life. It wasn't what he envisioned. He wasn't what his heart was uh, was looking for. But God had a pla- has a place uh, for you. And he had a place for this guy. He's now out of that. He's not in poverty anymore, but he's, he's flourishing. And he's not even a believer. How much greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world? Meditate on that. How much greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world? Because he's made you a new creature in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Yeah. I sense there's something in front of you that it seems daunting. God wants to strengthen you for that. And so take courage. He says, take courage. Only be strong and very courageous. Don't be dismayed. He's right there with you. He'll walk it through with you every step. As I was standing behind you, I saw your head covering had sparkles in it. And I heard the Lord say, he's going to cover you with his glory. God's got a word for you, for him today. faithfulness to come and your willingness to surrender I will show you things that you had never imagined I will accomplish things in your life because you are brave enough to step through the fears that you have expect that these things will be accomplished in you expect great things from me because you are surrendering at this point when I stepped over here this is what came up in my spirit a new beginning this is a new beginning this is a new resolution to your spirit stake in the ground 
there's a path for you. There's a purpose and a destiny that God wants you to hit your stride in. It begins with surrender. It begins with trust and laying down the way you thought it all would look and just giving it to him every part. Because he's so good. He's so good. His favor is upon you. He wants to bless you, fulfill you in every way. God says that. Brother, you have you've misunderstood me and my heart for you. And that's okay. Because starting today, there's going to be a change. There's going to be a change. I'm going to start arranging down in your heart the deepest places. That's where I'll start. There's going to be a change. A change. Father are pleased, pleased with you. But far better than that, your Heavenly Father is pleased with you. He welcomes you. He welcomes you back. And He knows the good things that are ready for your life. He knows that His love and power and wisdom will rain down upon you. And you're going to soak them up in your heart. And that love and that power are going to be made manifest in and through you in ways that you can't even dream of today. So son, just keep your heart open and your heart focused on the Lord and what he has for you. He is pleased with you and he says welcome. There's a strength missing in the church. And God says, I've given you strength. And uh, you need to bring this forth. You need to bring what I already put within you forth. And God says, I have put something into you today. Today. And it's going to start coming out. There's going to be things that are going to start popping in your mind. And you're going to be like, what is that all about? God says, release it. Just start to walk in it. You got strength in you, God says. I'm call, I've called you to be a strength in the body of Christ. Most people don't have this. God says most people don't have this. They're not walking in it. But you got it. You got it. You got it. Every piece of the body. You are one. You got it. You got it. You got the strength. I just got this picture of like you in a cell and you were shackled to a bed and the door has been open the entire time and it's like you've been sitting in there looking at the open door shackled to the bed thinking that there was now a way out but I feel like the Lord is saying just as he broke the chains with Paul and Silas he's breaking them for you and you get to walk out of the, the prison that has held you captive and lied to you and tormented you in Jesus' name, he, he says there's freedom. 
He's breaking them right now and you can get up off the bed and you can walk out because you're a son. You are not a slave. You are a son. And you've always been a son. Thank you, Jesus. Just as the word was given here in this church uh, from Pastor Sydney, I believe it was, that there is a great shaking happening. There is a great shaking happening inside of you. As I laid my hand upon you, I could only but tremble because inside of you, God is shaking off the things that don't need to be there. And he's replacing them with him. I found you you can't hide from me you can't hide from me don't you know I said I know your thoughts and intents yeah God says I didn't find you in a negative way I found you because I love you even when you were in sin when you didn't know me, I loved you. How much more in this moment of your life do I love you? You think that the needs are greater than my ability? My ability exceeds the capacity of what you can even think a need could be. The probability for me meeting your needs is 100%. So don't be in fear anymore. Don't worry. Don't stress what the world calls what really is fear. God wants to, God's calling you in to, you thought school was a place for you to learn. It's a place for you to learn relationship. God's calling you into relationship that you have not walked in before you walked into this church. He said, I'm calling you, son, into a place where I'm going to speak to you things that are secrets, that are secrets among men around you. And I'm going to trust you because you're trustworthy. You have a trustworthy voice and heart. And I know you are not a gossiper. You are strength. You are wisdom. You are love. And you desire my ways are higher God sees your heart even when you sometimes don't even see it and he is here for you and your family I just 
pastor. I know that you've been here for a while now, but praise the Lord, we run on eternity time. What I keep seeing is some battle buddies standing around this man. And I see a bunch of people laying hands on him and praying in tongues and some sort of breakthrough happening. So if that be you, come up here. Here, let's take a step up. Surround him. Lay your hands on him. I want some tongue-talking, fire-breathing, devil-chasing, God-praising people up here. Just pray over him. what I saw also in the spirit that there is something to be prayed out a block that we just take authority over in the name of Jesus that would derail this man you have no right to derail the plan of God for his life I just see that you are a man of solidness maybe you don't even see it in yourself but you are solid you're a good man. You're a faithful man. There's the wisdom of God in you. And there is a path and a destiny prepared for you that is maybe bigger in some ways than some. And there is nothing, there is nothing that you can, if you will not allow it to derail you, nothing can derail you from this path unless you allow it the love of God surrounds you he's drawing you in he loves you so much too much for you to miss what he has prepared for you to walk in
your obedience matters to him. And because of this moment, he's going to propel you forward further than you ever dreamed. In Jesus' name. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over any darkness that's clouding his mind. In the name of Jesus, we command it to go. We take authority, authority that we are given by God. In Jesus' name. We take authority, we command that spirit behind the darkness to go now. In Jesus' name, we command it to be lifted. We command it to be stopped. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father, for freedom in his mind, freedom in his heart. In Jesus' name, that there's a start, Father God. There's a restart. I hear the word, the word of the Lord saying, there's a restart. There's a restarting in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, for that freedom. In Jesus' name. It's, God says, uh, there's something really interesting about uh, when you're dealing with darkness, when you're dealing with the spirit behind darkness. It's really easy to take care of that. But it's not as easy to take care of uh, uh, the template behind what was behind that. And, and so what I'm saying, what I mean is that the, the, the things that led you to that place, because uh, uh, there's a scripture on that, who, who's got it, where... Uh, it's, it's not by chance that, that, oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> so you, you got, the, the gist of it is, what was, what needed to be taking place with spirit, with a spirit issue right now is taking place, the Father says, but what you need to do is have a walkout. You need to walk out with what you were dealing with. Good thing. Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. yeah. You need to walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. And that's the issue with the church. I'm speaking to the church. That's the issue with the church as a whole, that there's been a missing piece of the fear of the Lord, that people think that uh, they can do anything and get away with anything. And God's heart is, I'm calling you up and out, up and out as an explosion and out of who you were. God's calling you out of who you were. He wants you to be lifted up and out and to be in heavenly places, to be spiritually minded, to walk in the Spirit. And you will not, uh, if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love, I love the body of Christ because you guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, when you, when you walk in the Spirit, you're not going to walk out your life in the flesh. And God wants you to have this walk-out stage of your life uh, to be turned, to be, to, to be turned. And the spiritual thing that happened tonight had to happen before you can get to this place to make a turn. So tonight, brother, you are empowered, God said, to make that turn. 
and to walk out your salvation in fear and trembling. Step by step, day by day, walk out your salvation. You know, this is how the, the first church, this is how they lived. With relationship, transparency, humility. They didn't try to hide things that were going on. They didn't try to hide struggles that they had. They shared their lives with one another. They were real and transparent. And the Lord was very involved in multiplying the early church so much that they, the Bible said that they turned the world upside down. That came through relationships like this. It came through humility like this. You can't come forth without a humble heart, seeking the best from the Lord without being transparent and willing to admit, I've got a struggle going on in my life. I've got a problem I've been dealing with for a long time. I need help. And seeking out, number one, the Lord's help, first and foremost, because God is your healer. He knows everything about you. He created you. He knows how to fix any problem you have. And he may direct you to someone else that can come alongside you and help you as well. But that's what the body is all about. And I think we're going to see a lot more of this. See, this is normal Christianity. This is what it looks like. This is the real stuff. So get comfortable with it. This is where the Lord's leading all of us in this direction.
2021 then come on up if you if you've already got healing in your life for anything if it was awards get up here please right now get up here somebody else touch her we're gonna lay hands lay hands on the sick and they shall recover come on forward you can come around this way come on around get around hallelujah thank you jesus heavenly father in the name of jesus christ we command her body to be healed in jesus name any spiritual roots we command it to be plucked and removed in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name the name above all names in Jesus name I thank you father God for compassion of the hearts of men and women today father God that would pour out just as it did with Jesus in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your compassion and your ever-living love in Jesus' name to flow now through the hands and hearts of people in Jesus' name, even as your word commands it so. In Jesus' name, be so. Amen. Let it be done. In Jesus' name, be so. today that in Jesus name Adele is healed in Jesus name for by your stripe she was made whole and we know that she's made whole from the top of her head to the soles of her feet and everything in between we believe it we know it we have faith and trust in you and we look for that healing to take place miraculously today today Lord in Jesus name we pray hallelujah Oh, 
Kuro Shuriandadi and Badiara, Handaria Shadare Handara, Rarariya Sadia, who for a shirred of Hashandaria Sadadamandara, Kuro Shuru Diamada, and Sadahana, I'm never late. I'm right on time. guys going <laughs> come back up here come back up here where you guys going <laughs> where you guys going Jesus we have God says son where are you going Do you, have you seen it? Have you seen a path in your mind or in a, in a dream? We have. If you, if you haven't, just shake your head. No. We okay. have. You, 
have, sort of. Okay. Okay. We'll go with that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You, you, I've shown you a path, son. We have We have Sometimes it's just a matter of taking the first He's the king. step. That's it. He is the king. Go ahead, take a step. To him we was that hard? No, it wasn't hard. Nothing, God says nothing. Nothing is hard with me. With him. Nothing. He is the king. I created this earth. To him we sing. His name is Jesus. Is it hard for you to take a step for him? Okay. Take the first step. We have the healer. You got that. You got it just now. Okay. Hallelujah. We have the healer in our Hallelujah. We're going to pray for him. We're going to pray for him again. Come on in, brother. He's, he needs to get his hand on him. We have Hallelujah. We're going to hold you up. <laughs> That's what the body does, right? Scoot on in there. Come on, Larry. Jesus. <laughs> you have a calling on your life. A calling to touch many people. Touch to preach my gospel. You're calling. But you need to see miracles. And this is one. <laughs> Go forth in faith, go forth in trust, because I'm nothing's too hard for me. As you grow in the Word, in the power of the Word, in the authority of the Word, you shall grow and grow and grow until you become what I want you to become. Learn to know the Holy Spirit. He lives in your belly. Learn to know Him. Learn to hear His voice. That's still small. My voice to you to bless you to use you to fill you to anoint you to be all that I want you to be hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> hallelujah father in the name of Jesus we command his body to be healed in Jesus name we command his blood sugars his blood sugar level to be normalized just to come back now. I call forth his pancreas to come alive in Jesus' name. Come alive in Jesus' name. You don't have, you don't have a choice not to come alive in this alive body of Christ. Come alive in Jesus' name. Restart in Jesus' name. Take authority in Jesus' name for what you are called to do in his body in Jesus' name. Come alive, pancreas, in Jesus' name. Jesus. 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 We take authority of any attack that's meant for his life. In Jesus' name. We take authority over that, that spirit of death, in Jesus' name. And we command it null and void and powerless in the name of Jesus. The name that's over you, death, in Jesus' name. We take authority of you and we command you to go into the dry place now, in Jesus' name. You have no more authority on his life anymore, in Jesus' name. 
Now come alive. Come alive. Come alive. In Jesus' name. Come alive. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Jesus. Jesus. feel something? you feel the power of God resting on right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's called love. Because perfect love casts out all fear. This brought fear in your life, didn't it? Didn't it? Yeah. It did. Guess what? Perfect love casts all fear. You don't have to have that fear anymore, brother. Yeah. <laughs> this whole time I've been sensing God wants you to know in the depth of your heart that he loves you. He loves you. He create when he created you, he created you in love. You've done nothing, nothing to change that. From the Father, from the Father's heart, he has loved you every second of every day of your life. You've never disappointed him. You've never fallen short in his eyes. He is radically in love with you. Loves you loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you. I think if there was a song that he could sing over you, it would be, I love you, 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 I love you. No matter what, whatever you think in your heart, in your mind, contrary to that, they're all lies to the enemy. You need to understand that and, and break them off. Get out of those ruts because the Lord loves you. And look around. So do we. We all love you too. You have such a beautiful family of God that surrounds you with the love. You may not be able to see your father, but you can see us. We love you. And he loves you through us. And he loves you completely. Believe the love, okay? Believe it. God's saying, God's saying don't participate with a lie again. My word trumps all things. When that thought comes, it's not of it's not of God. You know what that thought is, right? When that thought comes that's against and contrary to what God is doing and done in your life, guess what you do? You don't just sit around, you don't just hold it within, you let it without. You speak against it. You, you take the word of God and said, no, it is written, and I command you to go in Jesus' name. Because guess what, brother, because you're my brother, you have authority. You have authority today.
so good with every step that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will see of the goodness of God. I will see of the goodness of God. I will see. Of the goodness of God, I will see of the goodness of God. And all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. Every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. Like I said, I don't know what the Lord wants to do, but it's going to be good. Nate was good. You know, the God that we serve is awesome, isn't He? <laughs> so as you go this week, go in that awesomeness of God. Carry it with you. The places that you go that there is a tangible presence of peace and liberty as you leave. As you leave that place, it stays there. It lingers. It affects the very atmosphere. Amen? All right. Thank you all for being here tonight. Isn't God awesome? All right. Good evening, everyone. It is wonderful to see each and every one of you here tonight. 
Thank you so much for showing up and obeying the word, right? In Hebrews, it says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself with other believers. All the more when you see the day approaching. I think we're in that time where we're, we're seeing that day a little closer than ever. Wouldn't you agree? So thank you for coming and thanks for obeying the word of God. I'm going to encourage you in the word because the word is very encouraging. Did you know that? <laughs> in John 4, it says in verse 21, Jesus is having this conversation with a woman at the well. And uh, he says to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither, neither you will worship the Father in this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Because that's the only two places where they worship the Father. Then he goes on to say, but the hour is coming and now is. Everybody say now is. Right now. When true worshipers, now he didn't say just worshipers, he said true worshipers, which kind of makes me think there's false worshipers. So true, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking, looking for such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So here we go. We've got Jesus in the great plan of salvation that came to seek the lost and the sinners and then vitalize them to learn how to worship his father because that's what the father is looking for. So the great plan of redemption was to seek and find the lost, which we are, are. We once were lost, but now we're saved, born again of the Spirit. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit are working in us to make us, what, true worshipers of the Father. Because one day we're all going to be around the throne together as the family of God, worshiping the Father. And in, we're in training right now. Hallelujah. Right now, didn't Jesus say, but now he is? Right now, we're in training and learning and developing how to be true worshipers of the Father. Why? Because God is a spirit, and he is seeking those who will worship him. In the spirit, energized by the Holy Spirit, you don't worship without the Holy Spirit. So invite him to worship with you personally and reflecting the truth of the word of God. See, that's a true worshiper, worshiping the Father because he is worthy of it. Amen. All honor and glory and power belongs to Jesus and the Father, and we're called to worship him. So let's all stand together as the family of God in this assembly, and let's, from our hearts, and a deliberate decision. I'm going to be a true worship you, worshiper tonight, in spirit and in truth.
Nothing is impossible for you. You've made all things possible. You are the way maker. You are our redeemer. You are our deliverer. You are our healer. You are our eternal savior. You're our eternal God. You are king of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, it's all about you. We exalt you and magnify you. We honor and glorify you in this assembly right now. We thank you for your presence with us. Our hearts, our ears are open to your, your voice, your longing in our hearts. We say, have your way. Have your way in me. We are a surrendered vessel unto you. You died for us that we could live for you. And we do. We lay our life down and submit spirit, soul, and body for your glory, for all that you are. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love your presence here tonight with us. And we thank you so much. We're so grateful. We're grateful kids. Oh, my. We're so thankful for all that you are in our lives, for all that you've done for all that you're going to do. We're so grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank him from your heart right now. Use your words and articulate. Thank him for all the things that he, that he is to you. Savior, healer, deliverer, Lord of your life's Thank him for what he's done in your life. All the things that you've missed because he's been your protector. All the bills that have been paid because he's your provider. All the accidents that you've missed because he's been right there. Father, thank you so much for Jesus. We are so grateful. Oh, so grateful. Wow, you're just looking for people who will thank you and worship you. You don't have to look any further than here. We're your family. We love you tonight. So be glorified. Be pleased with the incense of our worship tonight, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to come together in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Well, it's wonderful. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, isn't Jesus wonderful?
and the children can be dismissed and blessed as you go blessed as you go Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Church of the Word International. It's good to be with you all again. Do we have anyone that's here with us for the first time? Any visitors? We'd like to welcome you and recognize you if you're here as a good. Oh, we have one here in the back. Welcome. I trust the Lord's going to minister to your heart tonight, so it's good to have you with us. If you want this, just an information card. If you want to put that in the offering basket when it goes by, um, any prayer requests you may have or would like to share with us, feel free to do so. All right. Does anyone need a cash envelope for your giving? Raise your hand. You can uh, make your checks out to CWI. Or if you're giving by credit card, uh, do fill out all of the blanks. Legibly is also cool, too, if you can manage that. I don't read in tongues, but, you know. I'm going to read to you out of Psalms tonight. Psalms 54, verse 4, says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. Um, also, I want to read Psalms 3, 3, says, But you, O Lord, sound, listen to this. You, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. Oh, I just like that. He lifts up my head. Anyone here need their head lifted up tonight? Well, just receive it from the Lord. Let him lift your head. He will return the evil to my enemies. Now I'm back in Psalms 54. If I'm bouncing around, that's, that's what I'm doing. He will return the evil to my enemies. In your faithfulness, put an end to them. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. He has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked in triumph on mine enemies. See, we're relying on him daily for strength. And we ought to just go about our day, go about our weeks with this consciousness, this awareness that I'm relying on the Lord. He lifts up my head. He is the upholder of my life. I mean, anything, you name it, we need God's help with it. And, and that'll just help us a whole lot if we realize it's not all up to us. It's not all on us. Well, verse 6 talks about giving a free will offering. When we give a righteous offering from a pure heart, it's an act of worship. It's demonstrating gratefulness. You're thankful to the Lord. It demonstrates trust and dependency on him. Aren't you just... Glad it's not all up to you. It's not all on your shoulders. You know, we have a father who cares for us, provides for us, and if his eye is on the sparrow, how much more is it on you? Right. right? All right, well, let's just return the tithe with a grateful heart and recognize we're relying on him for everything. All right, let's pray. Father, we're so grateful tonight to 
be able to return the tithe to you, that we have resources, that we have jobs, that we have income from which to give a tenth. And we know you are the giver of all these things. Every good thing comes from you. And we just, we're grateful. We, we thank you. We're just, um, we call these people blessed. We call the tithes and offerings blessed. We ask that to bring a harvest to the accounts of the people, that it may go and do what it's sent to do in your kingdom. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name and amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets. And the people will give to the Lord. All right, one thing I wanted to mention in the bulletin is, if you look all the way down here near the bottom, it says ladies in waiting. Well, what is that? Single ladies between the ages of high school and graduates to 30s. High school graduates to 30s. All right, so this is a morning for you. It's a Saturday morning, a special morning teaching questions and answer session with you in mind by Karen Burroughs. It's going to be great, so I wouldn't miss it if you've got friends you might want to invite to this. Yes? Oh, Laura's going to be there. Okay, Laura Andrews, her daughter, is going to be assisting in that as well. So there's a sign-up sheet in the back for that. It is going to be April 17th from 9 to 12. Um, If you think your granddaughters or your daughters or anybody you want to invite to, it's open for all. So... If you all think about it, we have a special boy here that is turning 14 today. So <laughs> give Carson, tell Carson happy birthday if you think about that. And I wanted to say thank you so much for all your kind gifts. Um, it's been just like one big birthday week for me. Um, and I've been just so overwhelmed by God's goodness to me. You know, my husband surprised me with a getaway. <laughs> Well, we haven't had done it yet. It's going to be not next week, not this week, but the following midweek, so we won't we'll be here for the services, but he surprised me with a special getaway I'm so excited about. So many kind things, so many friends, such outpouring of love. Thank you all. And I just I felt like I was to share a memory with you guys. So I'm just going to go with it because I think somebody here needs to hear this. Um, the memory that I had kept coming up for me through this week because I just felt like, God, I'm, I'm, you're so good to me. Your favor is on me. I just see that your hand is on me, and you've just been so kind. Like, I'm just humbled by your kindness. And here's the memory. Uh, May 2009. Let me give some backstory. So we had just come through an extremely rough year, over a year. And honestly, we were sort of maybe bottoming out. I don't know. It was, it was, we had obstacles of every kind, it seemed like, on every side. You know, from bearing a newborn baby to relationships that were broken to um, financial disaster to not knowing are we going to be able to buy diapers to, I mean, just you name it. We felt very alone. It was a very rough time. 2009, um, maybe the end of January, beginning of February, you know, we stepped into a deeper walk with the Lord and, and the Spirit-filled life and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and, and things began to just open up, like, revelation-wise, beginning from that point. Well, May 2009, so this is all new for us, right? And, and the obstacles are still there. 
Uh, Ed Garner, maybe some of you know him, was out there ministering with us, and we were at a prayer meeting, and he was praying over people, and, and if you remember Ed or know him, it wasn't uncommon for him to say, the favor of God is on you, and just always be kind of, that was in his prayer, right? So he was praying for me, and he, he uh, you know, the favor of God is on you. And I just remember he stepped back, and he looked at me, and he's like, I just see the favor of God all on you. And the way he looked at me was like he could see something tangible, like, I don't know, glitter or dust or something, like, like he's seeing something. Like, and, he, and he said it like three times. I just, wow, I just see the favor of God on you. And I thought, huh, wow. I mean, it just felt like such a stark contrast to what I was experiencing. Like, and, but I didn't dismiss that. It gave me pause, and it seemed like, well, you just don't know. But it gave me pause, and I thought, well, what if the favor of God is on me? What, what, well, you know what? We can only go up from here, so the favor of God is on me. But you know what that, that did is I began to look for the favor of God because he said the favor of God is on me. You know you often find what you're looking for? Well, what are you looking for? You know, don't get so sidetracked, so zeroed in on what's not happening in your life that all, well, you're going to find what you're looking for. You're looking for what's not working in your life. Guess what? That's what you're finding, too. So I began to see the favor of God in my life. And, you know, it's God's favor when he gives you strength to get up and face the next day, even though you feel completely attacked and rejected from those that you love. You know, it's the favor of God on you when you have peace and can go out and blow bubbles with your toddlers knowing that right now I don't even know if there's milk for tomorrow. That's the favor of God. You know, you need to start looking for it in things. You don't just look at, well, yeah, but you have this big problem here. You know, you're losing everything over here. You don't even have a job. You know, don't, no. The fa- look for the favor of God. So I'm going to say to you tonight, the favor of God is on you. Why do I say that? I have scripture. Uh, Psalms 5, 12 says, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. Are you righteous? Yes, you are. Thank you for that. Because if you've received Jesus, you've received his righteousness. So it's not that you've done everything perfectly. You've taken on Jesus' righteousness if you've received him. So it says, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as a shield. So if anything I'm saying to you tonight is like, wow, that's me, you know, I just have felt like nothing's working in my life. I feel like, like maybe you identify with the memory that I shared. I want you to take this verse and, and declare that over your life and begin to expect and look for the favor of God in your life. Because I'm telling you, I'm sitting here, I just see it all over. And I mean, through the years, you know, I, I would see things, God would do things, he'd move on our behalf and but, you know, it began with the hope and the thought that the favor of God is on me. All right, it's on, it's on you, too. Thank you. I receive it. Okay, Troy, you want to come up and share on Ghana fundraiser? All right. Good evening. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Troy Fouts, and this evening I'm representing an organization called Ghana Initiative. And the reason I'm representing that organization, and you can see it up there on the, the screen, is because uh, we are going to be having a gala here at 
uh, at the church building. And we're going to be doing that to raise funds for the mission called Ghana Initiative Mobile Medical Mission. We'll be doing that on the 16th of April. And when we do, we will be, well, you are all invited. However, I do need to preface that with a little bit. You're invited, but it's for any adult 16 years and older. Any adult 16 years and older. And the reason for that is because those people typically have wallets and purses and money inside. <laughs> All right. I told you the last time I was up here, I'm, I'm very black and white when I stand up to talk. I'm just telling you straight out. So the whole, the whole purpose of this is, is to raise funds. It, it, it is going to be a free meal, and there will be lots of fun, and there will be times for you to have the, take the opportunity to take your wallet out and spend lots of money, hopefully lots of money, because the more money you spend, the more we can do with the Ministry of God Initiative, Mobile Medical Mission. Um, if we could move to the next slide, please. Thank you. <laughs> this is Ghana, and I'm not going to be long, I promise. This is Ghana, Western Africa. This is where, where we're going. In fact, I have three ladies that are here this evening. I'm not sure where they're sitting, but if they could stand up. Anastasia, I didn't tell them they were going to. Anastasia is going to be one of our missionaries. Katie is one of our missionaries. And Miss Martin, where is Kayla Martin? There she is. Yeah. So they, they will be joining me and another group of people from uh, around the area and across the country to be a part of Ghana Initiative uh, Ministry Team. Ghana is a very small country. It's about the size of half of, of Pennsylvania, and, uh, but it takes, when you want to travel somewhere, it, it can take as much as 12 to 15 hours to go from the bottom to the top, and that's not even as far as it is from uh, the bottom of Pennsylvania to the top of Pennsylvania. So it takes a very long time to get places, but it's an incredibly wonderful country, welcoming people and, and people who are just loving and, and great to be around. But we go over there so that we can minister to them with a clinic, a medical clinic. If you could go on to the next one, that'd be great. Um, and a whole bunch of other things. If you happen to come to the gala, and by the way, there's going to be a sign-up sheet. It's already was back there last week. Sign-up sheet in the back for you to sign up for you to let us know how many people in your party would be coming. And if you do sign up, please make sure that you do come because there will be food that will be prepared for you, and that way it doesn't go to waste. But if you do come, um, you'll be learning about the mission of Ghana Initiative. You'll be celebrating what God has done there through Ghana Initiative Mobile Medical Mission. You hopefully will be sowing financially into the ministry. You'll be supporting and hopefully praying for the 2021 mission team. You will have the opportunity to enjoy food, fellowship, and fun, and be with like-minded people, and be a part of world missions at the same time. And you'll be able to stretch out arms of compassion and take part in, uh, actually will be taking part in disciple-making, but you'll be helping us to take part in disciple-making when we go to Ghana and specifically go to visit with people in Muslim communities. Next slide, please. This is our Ghanaian team. Uh, as uh, part of the fundraising uh, aspect, we're looking to be able to raise money so that we can help these people to be a part of our team. It costs money to do that. They don't have the money to do that. They, for the most part, only have just enough money to make their ends meet for their families. So it's very important that we have money for each and every one of those missionaries to join our team. We also have a children's ministry, and what happens with that is and I'm sorry, one of the words moved off to the side, but the children's ministry is all about loving and caring and blessing and teaching, listening and encouraging. It's about taking care of children, and we do that. We actually have a, a program where people have the opportunity to sponsor children. One of those children, his name is Michael, is sponsored here 
at, at our church. So it's, it's, a, it's a very good opportunity, and the finances from this fundraiser will go in part towards that. Next slide, please. We also have a medical clinic. This is our foot in the door to that country. They allow us to come, and without question, because we provide free medical care to anyone who comes to us. And we will be taking a, a medical delegation along and providing any and all medical uh, possibilities for the people who have needs. Next slide, please. We care for the needy of all ages, whether they're two years old or even just a, a newborn all the way up to 80, 90 years old. Um, the, the greatest opportunity I had was to, to pray with a woman who was in her 90s and watched her have a, a, a demon that she was possessed with just completely be gone and her life brought back to normal after all of those years. Next, please. We do a Bible distribution. We try to distribute distribute anywhere between 500 and 1,000 Bibles to the people that we come in contact with. And uh, the, the more finances we have, the more Bibles we can, we can uh, provide to those people. We also have a prayer ministry as we go door to door and evangelize. We pray for anybody and everybody that has a need. And it's, it's a, an exciting to see the miracles that God is performing as we do that door to door evangelism. And this is the, the newest thing that we'll be doing this year. We'll be doing a, a disciple-making mission to the northern region of Ghana. Uh, in order to do that, again, it takes finances. And uh, we'll, we'll be meeting with, with people in an area that is, and some of you, I'm sure, have been to areas. I know the pastor has and some of others, to Muslim, uh, uh, what's the word for it, Muslim communities where uh, this, in this case, 90 plus percent of the people there will be of a Muslim background. For us, that's different because typically we're in a, a majority Christian area, but this time we're going to move in and really be able to spread the word and make a difference in this country. Thank you. So if you're interested, Ghana Initiative Fundraiser Gala is going to be April 16th, and you are all invited as long as you're 16 years and older. If you have any questions, please see me after the service. Thank you so much. Thank you, Troy, for that. Looking forward to it. We have endless opportunities before us and ways to be connected with what the Lord's doing all around the world. And so we live, I believe, in a time where we, there is uh, more need and more opportunity than there's ever been in the history of this nation, simply because technology and airplanes and all these things make uh, so much available and possible. <clears throat> so be sure and sign up for that. I want to give a shout out to our foundations class. All those that just went through foundations class, why don't you stand up and uh, we're going to recognize them. Stand up, wave at us. You all seem so bashful. Okay, you may be seated. And they just completed this evening um, what we call foundations class, and it's basically just the foundational things that every believer needs to know. And they're very simplistic, um, yet very important. And if you want to know uh, who are we, as, as one person said, I went through foundations class because I wanted to make sure your core beliefs lined up with my core beliefs. I like that. I like that. It, truth is so important. You know, we cannot afford to, to get off into the gray areas. We need to be, like Troy said, black and white yeah. and, and see clearly. And, 
just this evening, in fact, I had uh, my uncle called me, and he's like, hey, he, uh, we've been talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he's like, hey, uh, you know, he said, uh, I was listening to your sermon from a number of years ago now, and he said, you said something that I'm not sure is right. Would you listen to this? And so I listened to it, and he said, the reason I'm thinking that this, this phrase isn't right is because of these previous verses over here, and I go and look at it, and I'm like, you're right. That's not the right thing. And so I said, now I know I can change it the next time that I speak on the subject. And so we have to love truth more than we have to love our idea of it or our version of it, right? And let's be quick and ready to change and align up with what the Word tells us. Also, we want to... Oh, let me talk about membership just a little bit. Um, Does CWI have formal membership? No, we do not. We don't have any dotted line that you sign that now that you sign this paper, you're a member of Church of the Word. Instead of that, we have something else, and it's basically in order to be a member here at Church of the Word, there's several things that are required of you. One is attend. How hard is that, right? If you don't attend, it becomes pretty obvious very quickly. We're not a part of them anymore. So if you're showing up here in these seats, that's going to be one thing we're looking for. Another thing we look for is, is, are you serving in this body? If you consider this your church, then everyone, every person, man, woman, teenager, needs to find a place to serve in this body if this is your home. Um, this is one of the ways that Jesus says you'll be fulfilled and happy is in serving. And so that's one of the things that's required to be a member. Again, there's not a paper saying that you're a member or not. Whether or not you're a member is solely revealed by your actions. Are you here? Are you plugged in and serving other people? Are you a tither? Do you give to the work of the Lord in that house? All those things reveal where you are, right? And so we're not, we're not um, planning on setting any sort of official paperwork, anything like that. Um, I do ask that those that are new here, that you would go through foundations class. It's not a requirement to be considered a member. It just simply helps you understand who we are and brings us into greater unity and in greater faith. So if you're new with us, we're going to have another sign-up sheet in the back for foundations class, and um, you are welcome to join us there. Josh has been teaching the class, and he's been doing a wonderful job, so thank you, Josh. A few more things. Let's talk growing pains. Parking. Parking has become a bit of an issue out here, and people struggle to find place to park. So a number of us are parking across the street, over here in the uh, field gravel area, and the next door church, that's their, one of their parking places, and they said we could park there, that would be all right. We're also, we also have permission to park at the school across the street. So there's plenty of parking, you just have to take a little bit of a walk. But for those of you that uh, you know this is your house, this is where you're going to be, I encourage you to uh, make room, uh, step up, serve someone by making a parking spot available for them and parking over there. It's not, um, not for every person is that convenient. You know, there's little children and babies. There's elderly people that don't walk as quickly and spryly as some of us young, young ones, right? So uh, I'm not looking at you, Gene. And uh, 
Yeah, he's still pretty nimble. And um, so let's uh, just keep that in mind as you come in and make sure there's room for people to park. The other part of it is this seating. So start being mindful. We might have ushers kind of pushing you together from time to time as we grow and kind of move in and, and make room for other people to uh, come in and, and sit as well. And then um, this doesn't have anything to do with uh, our growing. It's just something I want you to understand. Uh, we do not have a closing time. We have a beginning time. We do not have a closing time. All right? We, we, we'll close when we're done. Sometimes it's earlier, sometimes it's later, um, but there is a lot of freedom in that, and, and it allows us to obey the Holy Spirit more thoroughly than we might if we had those limitations. So I'm not, playing, I'm not trying to, to warm you up that I'm going really long tonight. <laughs> in fact, my opinion is the sermon's probably shorter tonight, so, uh, but, I, but I just want you to know that we don't have a set closing time. So if someone says, well... Um, how long's the service? Until, until what? Until it's finished. Until God has done all that He wanted to do. How many remember that one service where we had worship in the beginning of the service, and there was this time of ministry? Um, we hadn't preached the message. We hadn't had children's class. None of that yet. And the Lord told me that I've accomplished what I want to accomplish today. You're done. So we dismissed the service. There was no sermon. There was no uh, children's class. There. We're more interested in what is the Lord wanting to do tonight in this place than we are in an agenda or, or keeping a certain rhythm of something. Technology is wonderful, isn't it? I, I was just swiping this paper trying to get the words to move on the, on the paper. <laughs> uh, I want to encourage you to do something. And to reach out and contact your legislators, your representatives and your senators on a bill that I'm going to tell you about in just a little bit. Um, this is something that we can all do. All of us have representatives. All of us have senators. And you say, well, I don't know who mine are. There's a very, very simple way to find out. In Google, or any search engine for that matter, just put in, who is my Pennsylvania representative or senator or legislator, it'll all bring you to the exact same page. And that page is going to be the PA government site, and it's going to ask for your address. And so you'll put that in, and then boom, it brings up all the people, all the contact information for your rep, for your senator. So the bill I wanted to tell you about is called HB 262, House Bill 262. And what I would encourage, I'm going to tell you what the bill is briefly, but I would encourage you to write to your representative and senator and say, please support this bill. It doesn't have to be long and flowery, um, but your email to them or your phone call to them will, does wonders, okay? They really pay attention to that. And uh, the House bill is basically the right to refuse act, the right to refuse vaccines, the right to refuse any kind of doctor procedure, simply the right to say no. And that's part of liberty. So if you are concerned, if you see um, the direction of things and how they've been going lately, I would encourage you to reach out, find out who your senator, your representative, send them an email, and tell them please support HB262.